welcome back the one and only Drew Remenda to the show. Uh, okay. Great to finally get you on camera. This is fantastic. And you want this on camera? I should I should have dressed up, man. I mean, like look at this. What the hell? Tie ninety nine for you right there, dude. I'm saying honestly, I I just got back on. Uh, I I'm not sounding, you know. I just got back from the gym. Seriously, I did. Uh, I showered though, so you know I did do that for you. But, um, <laughs> yeah, go. it's just this has been the uh, this is the lockdown outfit right here. You know, uh, gotta sweats. like it. The big decision of the day: which sweats am I wearing today? So <laughs> the comfy ones or the more comfortable ones? Or the right? more comfy ones with <laughs> the dress sweats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, do I do I understand it? Congrats are in order. Are you become a pop pop recently? Yeah, I'm a pop pop. I'm a grandpa. I am a grandpa. Uh, my daughter Jordan had a baby uh, uh, November 12th. Her name is Rosalind Ella does, um, Crimson Sove. Roll, she is uh, the reason Crimson. Crimson is because Jordan's a fan of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, so that's why she's got that. Ella was uh, Ella was Jordan's great-grandmother's name. Oh. And Rosalind is um, uh, her one of her favorite characters in literature. Oh. Um, so I call her my little rosebud. She's like, I'm grandpa, and so she's absolutely perfect. Uh, <laughs> I am smitten. I am head over heels. It's this... Like my dad used to say, you know, if I if I would have known grandkids were so much fun, I would have had them first. <laughs> so that's um, yeah, she's she's great and Jordan's great and it's the one thing out of this year has been that has been yeah. my little rosebud and so uh, Grandpa's pretty happy about that. Pretty that's, happy indeed. That's so great. Congratulations, man. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Uh, you know, after six years of doing color commentary for the Oilers. Uh, it was recently announced that you are a free agent. Nice way to put it. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when it was reported a couple of days ago, uh, you know, Sharks fans on social media get all excited because yeah. I'm sure you're aware Jamie Baker stepped away, you know, a little bit ago from the broadcast. And so everybody's going, oh, bring back Drew. Hashtag bring back Drew. We, you know, I've never yeah. seen a broadcaster or coach more beloved <laughs> after being away for this many years. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because if I was, if I was there for that long, they probably wouldn't, wouldn't be said. They'd probably say, get rid of Drew. Um, I have been, there's no way, nowhere else, but I've, I have been blessed be, by being a member of the San Jose Sharks, first as a coach, then as a broadcaster, um, for so many reasons. I'll try not to get emotional because the one thing when I talk about the Sharks, it does get me emotional. But um, first off, the people I, I worked for, from George Kingston and Bob Murdoch and Jack Ferrari and Dean Lombardi to Doug Wilson and Malcolm Bordelon, Greg Jameson the people I worked with or just the people I worked with are as corny as the cliche as the sound, they're family. You know, I could go on with, with, with Rosemary and Mary Grace and Randy and Danny and, um, and Bakes and Frankie Albin and Sean Madison. I mean, the people that I got to work with and everybody in the office, Mike Hollywood, just, I absolutely, AJ adore these people. Absolutely love these people. You know, Scotty Emmerich's in there and, and, and just so many great people in that organization. But that's what makes organizations wonderful. That's what makes them great. I mean, the people make organizations. The people make a team. The people make your workplace special. And I, and I, I truly love these people. Um, the, the players that I've got to associate with from, from Doug Wilson and Dean Evison to now, you know, Joe Thornton, Patty Marlowe, Logan Couture, and, Brent Burns, you can go on and on. I can name the guys that I got to coach and I still have great relationships to this day with them. But I don't know why the fans took such a liking to me. And I, you know, you shouldn't, I guess you shouldn't question, you know, never question the gift horse, right? <laughs> I mean. Well, I can tell I, you why, if you want to know. I, I, I would, I don't know if I, I want to know or not, but I, I, I'll, I'll let you tell me why I wouldn't live your theory. But from my point of view, um, and, and I'm trying not to, I'm trying to sound, sound um, hyperbolic or over the top, but I love them as much as they love me. I, I loved mingling among the fans and going downstairs and talking to them and on my way up or just at practices or whatever the case may be. And I think the one thing that 
they appreciated from me. And I always tried to do this was I never lied to them. Yep. You know, I, I always thought, and I had AJ, I had many arguments from you name the boss. <laughs> I had the argument with them. Okay. Um, my argument was always this, that if I can't critique this team, honestly, how can I praise them with any credibility? Yep. And for the most part, that discussion was pretty good with some bosses, other bosses, <laughs> not, not so much, but I always thought, and you know, Randy Hahn brought this up once and we were talking about it and just you know how we, how you do things. And Randy said, you know, we work for a bunch of different bosses. We've got the people who actually hired us. Yep. We've got the hockey department. We got the players and the players' families. We have got the owners and we've got the fans. And Randy said, if we just pick one boss there, the one boss that we should broadcast to, it should always be the fans. They should always be our bosses. And that was early when we were worked together. And I always thought that was pretty smart of Randy to kind of break that down like that. And so when I look at it, I think to myself, you know, those are my bosses. And I, and I, as I said, I, I always tried to tell them the truth or at least what I believe to be the truth. Well, that, that's what I was going to say. It was honesty. We didn't feel like we were being lied to. We didn't felt like there was, you know, sugarcoating anything. Like when a guy made a bad mistake, it was sometimes it's yes. Credit to the opposing team for yeah. doing something or taking advantage. Yeah. But sometimes it's just like, Hey, this guy's got to be more smart head on a swivel. As you like to say, yeah. I mean, you yeah, gotta, yeah, yeah. That one. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell you what though, I'll tell you a story. Um, you know, I was really lucky. So when I came back as a broadcaster um, for one year, I did Daryl Sutter's video for him because it was my videos. I was only gone for a year from a coach, came back to work with Danny on the radio. And that was all my video stuff. And Paul Baxter was his assistant coach. And Paul and I had worked together when he was in Calgary. And I was in Calgary at Hockey Canada. And I did a lot of the Flames video at the time. Um, and so I, so Paul said, come in, you're doing this stuff because this is your stuff. I said, great. So I did that for a year while I was doing radio, uh, Dean Lombardi kind of thought, you know what? He actually said, D Dean actually told me once, he goes, you know too much as a broadcaster, okay? <laughs> you need to go. Uh, okay, gotcha. Um, Ronnie Wilson and I were, were close. Ronnie Wilson was a big, big, big um, supporter of mine when I first got in the league as a coach and really helped me when he was in Vancouver and I was in San, we were, I was in San Jose, he helped me understand what my jobs were as a coach, how I had to, what I should be doing video wise, how I should be providing also for the other team. We used to exchange videotapes back then. Oh. So he was great. So I did, I got to sit with Ronnie once in a while. And then when Todd came in, um, people may not know this, but for the seasons that Todd was there and we were together, I'd known Todd for a long time. I watched, I got to watch video with, with Todd and the coaching staff every day. 5.30 in the morning, I'd head over to the practice rink and sit with Todd and watch video, then go in with the coaches and watch video. And before the games, sit and watch video with power play and penalty kill. I was really, really lucky that, that I got to understand all, you know, exactly how they were um, supposed to play, 100%. But we're playing, I think it was Colorado. It was the playoffs. Mm. I won't name the player, <laughs> but... It was I bet a, you I can. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, well, maybe you can. But he's in a place where Colorado scores a goal. And my commentary was something like, you know what? And I circled him. I, I, it was so bad. I shouldn't have done it. All I had to do was just mention it. But <laughs> I circled him with my telestrator, of course. And, and I said, you see so-and-so right here? I don't know why he's standing there. I have no idea why he's standing there. He's guarding air. I'm not sure why he's standing there. So one of my bosses, one of my bosses, because I had a lot, um, text me like that, like right away. Like but the words got out of my mouth and bang, my phone was going, okay? <laughs> it was <laughs> something to the fact of, if you want to be a journalist, move to a journalism school. <laughs> 
Journalists make $40,000 a year, stay in motels and fly commercial. If you want to be a journalist, keep it up. <laughs> so, so you, you, that was probably one of my, um, just because you're right doesn't make you bulletproof moments. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and to put everything, I mean, to, to quash all the rumors, can we assume that there have been no discussions between you returning? Um, you can assume whatever you want. Well, I'm not assuming that. I'm just asking. <laughs> Everybody's, you know, saying, is he going to come back? Is he going to come back? And it's kind of like, well, we got to um, ask, you know. The, the Sharks are dealing with a lot right now. Um, they're dealing with a ton of trying to put a team on the ice in Arizona. <laughs> trying uh, to find a sheet of ice to play on. <laughs> exactly. They're trying to, they've launched the audio network and they're trying to figure that out as it goes. Their TV broadcasts are technical Mount Everest because they have to do it from um, studios. I think Randy drove 160 my, sorry, miles yesterday uh, from his home to the studio and back yep. total. Um, there's a lot that they've got going on. I will say this, and this is the only thing I'll say, is that the if they phoned and made a, made a made an offer to me to do something just like this remotely, I'd jump at it in a minute. Like if if there was conversations, um, <laughs> I would say that I have been very, very, very lucky to have people in San Jose always have my back and think of me. So, um, but they've got a lot on their plate. They've got a lot on their plate right now. I'll just say that. Okay. Was that evasive enough? Yeah, right? I think so. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I mean, maybe we have Cheers. a, maybe we have a, another, uh, what hockey night in Canada season or something. And then if we're lucky next October, we got another uh, yeah. tight, tight shot of you going, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It would take me about, um, if they made an offer, it would take me probably from the time the offers made to the time I said yes to it, to the time I was on my way to the airport, it would probably take me about 20 minutes total. Oh, wait, like <laughs> I pack all my suits, maybe 25. So. Right. And, but it would be, it would be, uh, it'd be a dream come true, AJ, to come back. I'll uh, just say that. And you know how much on. I love it there, and, and like I've, I've expressed to you all the reasons why, um, <laughs> it wouldn't take me too long to say yes. Well, now I want to ask you though. You're talking about calling this, and the guy's calling it from the studio. Have you talked to any of your colleagues about the challenges of calling this off a TV screen? Like, how difficult would that be? So I think Randy had actually mentioned that. Uh, he's like, the think of it is like you're driving a car, but you only get one window to look out of. Right. <laughs> I thought he did a great job last night. Yeah. I thought he sounded really good. I thought the broadcast was was pretty tight, even though it was a challenge. Well, you the, got Scott Hannon dragging you down. Yeah, I get it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chairman of the boards. You got that right. Um, the, the one thing about that, and Randy and I had talked about it. So when my education in hockey and where I really started going to school was I worked for Dave King at Hockey Canada. My job Dave King, when I first started with Dave, before I started getting into video production, was um, watching video. That's all I did. We had a whole library of international games from the Olympics to the Asvestia Cup uh, to World Championships, things like that. So every day I come in, I put a videotape in, you know, TV VCR combo, and I hit play and I would write down 000130, face off, win back to D, D and then that's how I watch. That's how I learned the game. Broke it down like that. Then, of course, go to work for. And then put going to video production. Go to work for the Sharks. Even when I was broadcasting, you know, with Randy, I would watch a lot of the game off the monitor because you've got to be able to talk about what the fan is seeing. A lot of times, as broadcasters, we're watching on the ice, right? And so we're looking and looking and looking. The fan can't see what we're looking at. Yeah. So you have to look at the monitor every once in a while and understand what they're seeing. The thing is with the monitor, you're always in that moment. You, you can't really see the trip behind the play. You can't see the change on who's coming on the ice against who. You can't see a guy who's blocked a shot going over to 
to walk off, walk it off, leave the bench. Yeah. There's things, there's things that you're not going to be able to bring to the fan in the moment, but, and you're also prisoner to the feed because the feed's not yours. But right now the sharks, that's not their feed. That's, that's what we, we would call a universal feed or, or the home team feed. Um, same things happening in Canada, in Canada, in Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, it is the dome production trucks. And that is Sportsnet's broadcast, but Sportsnet broadcasts it for the home team, the visiting team and the universal broadcast. Gotcha. TSN and RDS, RDS is the French. They do obviously Montreal um, and TSN does Winnipeg, Toronto, Ottawa. But still, Sportsnet's going to broadcast those games as well as as is TSN is going to broadcast some of the games around the West. So you're you're not using your it's not your camera guys. Yeah. So a lot of times, as a lot of times when you're broadcasting, you would um, you you hit the talk back, and I talk to Sean Madison, and I'd say, "Hey, see if you can get the camera on so and so." Or hey, listen, what's his name? Block Bernsey blocked a shot. I think he's going to he's going down the tunnel. So those kind of things you miss. But it does kind of free you up a little bit, AJ. Just kind of stay in the moment. You know, you, you just stay with the play and call what you call. So you don't get that distracted. If you're a color commentator, you're allowed, you could set it up where you'd have two or three different angles. I used to have two, the overhead and, and the main, the game frame. So you could, you can kind of go off, off the different monitors. So it's not as difficult. And, and Randy being Randy, as great as he is, I mean, he's, he hadn't done it for 10 months plus yesterday. And he sounded like he hadn't missed a day. Yeah. He, he's that damn good. And so um, I, I didn't, I didn't think I, I texted him last night. I said, you sound great. You sound absolutely great. And then I, I actually texted him. I'll, I'll share it with you. I texted him here through. I said, here, three things. Number one, you sound great. Number two, ha, desert dogs. <laughs> 20 exclamation 20 exclamation points and i went by the way darcy kemper's from saskatoon <laughs> and the reason that i'll tell you that's this story it's an inside joke between randy and i so this is when i'm assistant coach back in 94 95 we played calgary in the playoffs yep right uh ray whitney double overtime goal okay mm-hmm. so randy and pete stemkowski are doing the color I used to live in Calgary, worked in Calgary for a long time, assistant coach, University of Calgary, Dinosaurs, worked with Dave King at Hockey Canada. Um, so they throw the headphone, the headset on me as the celebrations are downstairs. You know, they're trying to get whoever. Okay, I'm just lowly assistant coach, but my suit was really nice. Um, <laughs> so Rand- <laughs> probably shouldn't tell this story. Randy says to me, he goes, he goes, Drew, this must be a big thrill for you, being that you're from Calgary and all that you come back and beat this team. And I went, well, actually, Randy, I lived in Calgary, but I'm not from Calgary. I'm from Saskatoon. And I said, I'm from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And he, and he goes, uh, you can hear him just like, just play along, idiot, right? <laughs> so so I had, he asked me another question. I answered the question, blah, blah, blah. Um, he comes, <laughs> he comes on the on the bus or the plate or after we, we meet each other after and he walks by me and he goes hey drew uh, yeah can i swear absolutely okay he goes drew uh, yeah and he goes nobody gives a fuck where you're from <laughs> <laughs> so if there's a guy from saskatoon <laughs> that he's broadcasting i will text him hey <laughs> This guy's from Saskatoon. He goes, oh, I thought he was from your hometown, Calgary. So I did that last night to Darcy Kepper. He says, because Darcy's from Saskatoon. <laughs> he came back and goes, oh, I thought he was from Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's the great thing about being, you know, Randy and I have got like 20 billion inside jokes oh. things going on. Well, if Kemper goes tomorrow, are you doing this again? <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. Get say- him to tell you how many times. Get him to tell you how many times I will text him during a freaking hockey game to the point where he just ignores me after a while. It's like, oh, for crying out loud, <laughs> stop! 
<laughs> well, I mean, how do you feel, or I mean, how do you like this 56 game schedule? Now, do you, first off, do you think the NHL is being a scotch too ambitious or optimistic about being able to get all these in? I think 56 is a pie in the sky number. And if they get it in, they'll be ecstatic, but they're leaving themselves some wiggle room in case the virus, which is the enemy in all of this, is the, is the thing that's going to stop them from doing that. And they get to maybe 52 games or 48 games or 46 games. They'd like to kind of get to 48, but if they've got to cancel some games on the way, they'll do that. I, I think the NHL, through the bubble in the playoffs, through this, doing what they can, I think they've done a hell of a job. I know we like to crap on the league all the time, but I think they're doing ex as much as they can there are owners who are going to lose. Well, everybody's going to lose a ton of money, but they're putting it on. And um, I give them a lot of credit for how they've, how they've done this. I really do. Well, I mean, I do. The one thing I can take from this is I kind of like these back-to-back -back things. Like it, you know, it's a little reminiscent of baseball where you can get a little familiarity going and maybe build up some rivalries or, yeah. you know, what do they say? Familiarity breeds contempt. contempt. Yeah. yeah. So something along those lines, um, so I, I, I'll take that out of it is that that is kind of the fun thing that you're going to see same team a couple of times. And maybe the NHL uses this as kind of an experiment. Maybe it helps reduce travel down the road. Like, Hey, fans don't mind seeing the same team two nights in a row or, you know, how many times exactly. You know, how many times that we used to go when I was with the sharks, we go out East like three, four times a year. <sighs> Why? Why can't we go out East and just, cover it in two weeks yep. get it done no i'm yeah, right you, there with you i i remember <laughs> i remember maybe 10 years ago or something like that there was some road trip that the sharks took where it was like go to sunrise then after that then it's like columbus to pittsburgh to tampa yeah. to detroit to colorado to, and i'm going are you kidding me with this <laughs> you wonder you wonder if they own the globe at uh, at the nhl offices sometimes oh like we we would go i can't we haven't done it we didn't done it very often i think only the, the when i was with san jose i think there was only there was less than a handful of times aj where we would go anaheim la in the same trip oh don't get me started do not get me started on that because that's been one of my things is that i've wanted my you know my whole thing is like I've seen a ton of hockey played at the Shark Tank. I would love to go to somebody else's barn. And one of the first yeah. ones is like, hey, I got some friends that live in SoCal. Let's go see a game in Anaheim or let's see a game in L.A. Or why wouldn't they play there? Like, you know, Friday night in Anaheim, Saturday night in L.A. Like, makes sense, doesn't it? And number one, they almost never. In fact, the last time I remember was, uh, it was either last season or the season before, they played Anaheim, like on December 23rd, come back for Christmas and then fly back down to LA to play December 27th. And I'm like, you are know, you for real? I know it's, <laughs> and I know what they think. And they're thinking, well, it's only a, you know, it's a, it's less than an hour flight, but we land in Ontario because of regulations, because you can only take off from Ontario. You can't take off from uh, John Wayne after a certain time. So you land in Ontario, which is an hour away. We always land near supper time because so you get, you land, you get to the hotel, the guys go up something to eat, then they come back. So we always landed that. I don't know if you know anything about traffic in California, but <laughs> there is some. takes a bit, takes a bit of time to get there. Yeah. And, and, and it doesn't, and then they think, well, then you just come back and rest a couple of days. Then you'll go to LA. Well, why don't we all do it while we're there? It's been very rare that we've done, we've done games where it's in California and we've done Anaheim, Anaheim, LA. Yeah. I Speaking don't of LA. Did you see, did you see Dustin Brown's uh, turnover last night in overtime? Uh, no, but I've heard about it. I've got it on my Beautiful. list of highlights to go through. Yeah. I've been hearing about that. Can't wait to talk to my friend Todd McClellan about that one. <laughs> wow. Well, and you know, you were talking about, um, with Tolbert, you were talking about, uh, you, you couldn't call it midget hockey anymore. I was like, you know, no, have, you you ever, have you considered fun size? <laughs> that's good that's good that might get me in trouble too again so yeah i can't call it they changed it all he was a peewee bantam midget and in, in canada the midget triple a what it used to be called um it was a really good league that that promotes guys to they jump to um 
junior from there, SJHL from there, college from there. It's, it's, it's a great league, um, but you can't say it's under 18, double uh, triple A now. There you go. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. I, and and, yeah. and I, I can't, I got to give uh, credit to SNL for that one, but yeah, so as soon as I heard that mention, I was like, Oh no, fun size. fun size. That's a good one. Right there. I like that. <laughs> well, like uh, that. let's get to the sharks. You know, a lot of media has basically penciled the sharks in to miss the playoffs again. Some predicting another basement finish due to the either lack of forward depth or suspect goaltending or too many defensemen that enjoy playing offense too much uh, <laughs> and, you know, finishing 28th and goals for 28th and goals against, uh, how do you think Bookner's going to turn this around when it sounds like it's going to be a dog fight for the fourth spot after Colorado, St. Louis and Vegas, you know? Exactly. Um, play like they did last night for the most part. I thought that was the most controlled defensive game that I've seen Brent Burns play in a long, long time. Um, Mark Edward Vlasic was back to being Mark Edward Vlasic last night. He was such a workhorse and so good defensively. I thought they were really strong in their zone for the most part, and they spent an abundance of time in their zone. There was the quickness of the Arizona Coyotes that put them on their heels. First period, I thought they looked really good, the Sharks. I thought they dictated play. I thought their pace was good. But the second and third, they were... Second for especially third, it kind of bounced back and forth, but over the fifth, they spent too much time in their zone. But in that, they were really good in their zone. They were they were in good position. They worked hard. They were physical. Sometimes when you punt, you got to punt. You just have to punt, and they got it out. But I thought defensively, they were really quite good, quite strong. Eric Carlson needs to be stronger in front of the net. You can't be standing behind Phil Kessel on that tying goal and they're the, the, uh, the second goal dancing between everybody. Um, can't remember who scored it, but that's, that's gotta be, that's gotta be cleaned up, but it's game one with short training camp with zero exhibition games, zero, zero preseason games, yeah. but they've got to understand that they're going to win games three, two, they're going to win games with good power play, which, looks look sharp yesterday yep. they're gonna win games by protecting the puck being smart and being really tough in their own zone and being tough defensively now being good defensively doesn't mean you are just going to play in your own zone all the time it means when you don't have the puck you're in the right position you don't cheat offensively and you you don't gamble you weigh you weigh your risks and reward and i thought for most part yesterday they did that i thought they did were pretty strong doing that um, you got to hand it to a couple of things. You got to hand it to Evander Kane with all that he's gone through yep. in the public eye, which listen, I know what, you know, Evander's a very polarizing figure. I know I get that, but, and I, it, you, you can talk, you know, I know I, especially here in Canada and here in Canada, you know, you're looking at this, what people are saying and on and on. First off, we don't live in his shoes. We haven't walked a mile in his shoes. We don't know what it's like. I know that there's some, there's some expenses that he had that were frivolous and, and just basically dumb. There were some situations that maybe got out of his control, but you go through money problems, no matter how much you make, we live, we live within our means and you go through all of that usually in private. Yes. Even though bankruptcy is bankruptcy is a matter of public record, but usually it's in private. There are times you look in the mirror and you're just you're ashamed of what you've done. You're ashamed of where the situation you put yourself and your family in and you feel guilty. You feel bad. You feel awful about it. I can't imagine how you feel when it's on every sports website and almost every news website in North America. Mm -hmm. To me, that is torturous I, I can't imagine how evander felt the, the embarrassment that he must have felt there and then he's a pro and plays the game like he played last night tell you what i'd be giving that guy a big pat in the back going way to go big man because you show what you're made of right there i you know i i feel for him i i know it's a lot of money i get all that but i feel bad for him but yesterday i thought hmm that's a statement ladies and gentlemen 
that's a statement about this guy and what kind of professional he is. Well, and it's so, not as if Kane is the, uh, the the first one, first pro athlete to have financial troubles. All right. Well, <laughs> name a boxer. Yeah. Name, right? name a fighter. Boxer, you know, <laughs> Mike Tyson's one comes by. I was reading something the other day. I think it was 60 some percent of NBA players after they play, after they finish playing experience money difficulties and over 76% of NFL players, the numbers might, I might be, but it's over 70% of NFL over 60% NBA. There's been NHL guys that have got trouble. It's, it's, um, you know, more money, more problems, man. Absolutely. So, but anyway, I thought, I thought Kane played terrific yesterday. I thought hurdle was good. I liked, uh, well, that liked whole Noah line, that yeah. John Leonard hurdle. Wasn't he nice Kane? to watch? Hey. Man, well, you see I mean, him coming. Else? You see him coming to camp, and they they were already talking about Donato, top six guy, and what. He was and boy, good too, though. Yeah, but it took Leonard about two days, and all of a sudden he started accelerating up the uh, ladder there. Yeah. By the way, Logan Couture, what a sick pair of mitts on that boy! Eh? Like nothing. <laughs> that was like butter. It was almost like cheating that goal. Upstairs, back in. Eh. You didn't even uh, smile. Donato or Logan, both of those yeah. were just like nothing to it. Oh, like, yeah. Think they've been work- yeah, think I thought- they've been working on that in the offseason. Uh, you're, you're, sure. you're better. <laughs> I tell you what, though, I, I think that they overall, they're not like, a, like I said to, to Tolks, uh, Tony Tolbert, game beer. Um, they're not the sexy team anymore. They're not going to get into track meets. When they get in the track meets, they're going to be in trouble. And Bob Bugner, who is an outstanding coach, I know I say that about a lot of coaches, but he is. You look at his record. You look at his record in junior is phenomenal. I think the only coach that, you haven't said that about is you. Yeah, because I was part of the coaching staff that <laughs> lost a hundred games quicker than everybody history in the National Hockey League. You, you don't get many coaching jobs after that, big boy. But, but you get a pin with your face on it. Hey, look at that, eh? Wow, wow! I got more wrinkles than my bulldog for the the, the, the Randy face. and and Drew set. You know, gotta have them. And Randy, Randy's like Doug Wilson. You know what? I'm I'm sure both of them have a portrait in their or in their attic somewhere that ages and they don't. Like <laughs> honestly, let like, her go, I love man. Randy. I love Randy to death, and I love Doug too. But when I look at them, they make me mad. Because look, <clears throat> look at this. Like, <laughs> what happened? You know, you- I apologize. I apologize to my wife every day. I just look at her and go, "I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, babe." Like that's, well, I guess you got to go deliver cupcakes during the off season. And then, you know, that, that helps. Is that what that happens? Is that what... Well, that's what Randy was doing this off season. So. Yeah. Well, I, I thought like, honestly, I'm looking at my face right now and going, <laughs> I should, you should turn like, why did we do zoom? Why didn't we just do the phone? Look like, why would I put that face? Up? <laughs> oh well, my God. How did you feel when everything went uh, HD? Oh my God. <laughs> do you ever watch family guy? Do you ever watch family guy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So remember when they were, they were watching, I think it was Fox News. They were watching Fox News and, and then they, they, they went to HD and all of a sudden, <laughs> no, we won't talk about that. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> that's how, that's how I felt. I was the, uh, when I was at Sportsnet. Um, so when I went to the panel in Sportsnet with Gene Principe, which I love doing because it allowed me time to break down the game on and on. But the thing on TV, what they do, is they just hit you with light. Okay, that's all they do. Just bang. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Honestly. So I would look like powder from that movie, you know, 1985. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what, that's that's how I looked, right? <laughs> so I actually I, I said to the guys, I said, guys, please. And the and the guy, lighting guys, you're great, right? But they well, we we need more light. I said, no, we don't. We don't, please. Darken it up, man, please. Just turn, like, turn one side off. And um, I, 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 thankfully, I was able to expense the makeup, but oh my gosh, it's just. <laughs> Lyndon Byers once said, remember Lyndon Byers played for the Sharks way back in the first year? Oh, LB, former Boston Bruin guy. Yeah, Went I to, heard that. Did some, and he, LB was, I loved LB, great guy. Um, I walked in the dressing room once and I, I was, I'd always been a, a guy who was, you know, could, could dress well, obviously. I walk in Navy. I remember what I was wearing. Navy double-breasted Armani tie, 
white shirt, you got the puff, you got the pocket square going, shiny blue shoes. I walk in and LB goes, Drew, man, you look good. I said, thanks, man. He goes, from the chin down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, man, NHL has the best chirps ever. Hey, my boys, my boys, Donovan Davis, 24 years old. Um, It was this year that I, that, uh, or maybe last, that was this year, or last year, sorry. And put on the suit and everything else. And I'm, I'm uh, there with me. I'm going to go to the game. I went, man, your, your old man's good looking. And they went, no, you dress well. There's a big difference. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay, so I'm going to take that right. and pivot. Okay. Because uh, I think this works. Uh, you know, there was a lot of talk about a fracture in the dressing room last season for the Sharks. Uh, you know, especially yep. with, with Pavelski departing. And now uh, Thornton is gone. And uh, we won't get into how upset you are that it had to be Toronto. Did you text him and go, really? Did it have to be Toronto? My text read, thanks for turning me into a fucking Leaf fan. <laughs> that was what it was. That was my text. Oh, well, you think Couture can bring this, bring the group together this season and kind of, cause even, even Jones was saying, you know, when it went off the rails last year, everybody just kind of went into their separate corners and isolated. That's what happens. That's what happens when your team's bad. That's what happens when things aren't going well. That's what happens. It's, it's just the way it is. You go to your corner and you, you go in survival mode. Um, that's just it. Very few teams when you're going through a season where, your expectations are this up here, you know, and then they drop that the real, the reality hits very few teams can stick together because you get mad, you get pissed off. These, these guys are professional athletes. And plus you're with the San Jose Sharks. The San Jose Sharks are a team that has habitually been one of the best teams in the national hockey league. It is always a team that's supposed to um, be up top and content. They weren't there last year. So it doesn't surprise me that there were fractures in the dressing room. It doesn't surprise me that there was some and um, people not getting along. It doesn't surprise me that some guys looked at each other, you know, through the corner of their eye and muttered something under their breath. That's what happens. The one big fallacy in sports or the big myth in sports is that teammates always get along. The teammates are all buddies and they're all going out after. And mm-mm, doesn't happen. Even <laughs> on the great teams, it doesn't happen. But great teams, good teams, winning teams all realize that they have a responsibility to prepare, to practice, to play a certain way that benefits the greater good, the team. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the identity part. Everything, what's your team identity, blah, 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 and all that. But that's an identity is when a team realizes what they want to be and they prepare, practice, and play, and work to that every single day. That didn't happen last year with the, with the Sharks. But for the guys to talk about it, for the guys to realize it, is a great step. There's teams that would bury it. No, 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 we were good. We were good. We were all got along. Mm, everybody knew. And when the guys talk about it, that's good. You get it out in the open. And then you can have that discussion with them and everybody can talk amongst itself and you can work it out. I know nowadays in the world, we don't like to work things out. We just like to call each other names and be done with it. Yeah. But for a team, that's, that's a good first step. I think they can new, new guys <laughs> in there, you know, um, new coach, an attitude of, like you said, writers, so-called experts say, if, Maybe 28th place. They're lucky if they'll win 10 games or whatever you want to talk about. Eh, that's a that's a powerful motivator, AJ. That's well, a powerful motivator that go ahead. Tell me I can't do it. I was gonna say, I, I remember an awful lot of writers saying that uh about what I want to say maybe like about April 8th of 1994. A lot of them saying, yeah, Detroit's gonna win the Stanley Cup this year. So we kept uh, um I don't remember who the, I don't remember who the writers were, but you know, they had the playoff predictions in 93 or 94. And um, one writer said the Detroit Red Wings will beat San Jose so badly. They'll win it in three. <laughs> Oldie but um, 
we literally had a billboard. We literally had bulletin board for that. We took every prediction and we didn't put it up with the players. We just put it in the coaches room and put it up. And we had every prediction up there. And we, Kevin Constantine would remind us every day. He'd read one every day. Hey, remember this one, read it. He's like, oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> and you know, the guys already knew the good, the players knew, you know, the, Detroit finished what 35 points ahead of us that year. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. It's pretty significant. Awesome. Game one, we win game two. We don't game three, four, or I can't remember what it is. Anyway, we go back there and we're up three games to two and, and um, Detroit knew they were in it then. I'll tell you that. So it's a powerful motivator when people say you can't do it. Well, ugh. You know, it's funny you bring up the uh, the part of, you know, sometimes people, uh, fans think that all the players are all there. They're all buddy-buddy. They're hanging Because to a certain extent, you kind of understand why when you're seeing a player put something on Instagram or whatever, and it's a photo of all the guys at his house for a Super Bowl party or a Christmas party. And so it kind of pushes that, you know, that kind of mental picture. But I'll tell you, I talked to uh, John Scott a few months back. Yeah. And uh, – I said, you know, look, a lot of people, when you were here with San Jose, it was, um, you were here to, to protect the, the next generation, the guys that were coming up, the, the, the Tommy Wingles, the hurdles that yeah. were coming up. That was your gig. I'm like, is there anybody on this team that you're just like, I don't give a shit if someone beats the hell out of that guy. Fuck him. I don't like him. I'm not protecting him. Uh, you know, I'm like, was there ever a day where you just like, oh God, fuck Adam Burrish. And he was like, yeah, I absolutely <laughs> believe that uh, without a doubt. Yes. I was not his fan. <laughs> there's, there's times that, yeah, absolutely. There's times that, that that happens, happens in every team. There's absolutely times. I'm trying to think about the one good thing about those years that I was coaching is that we had such a tight group man. they were such good guys. Um, we had link though. I mean, link was always a guy you went, what's he going to do today? Um, <laughs> I, I can't think of anybody that, you know, was that much hate on for a guy, but you never know. I mean, there's some guys that just don't get along. There's just some guys that do not get along. I mean, they're, they're not going to, I remember, I remember hearing stories that, um, that um, it was Mike Keene used to play with Theron Flurry in Moose Jaw and Theron Flurry was Theron Flurry, man. Theron Flurry was, you know, he, he do his thing. And I'm not sure if this is a true story or not, but I like the story anyway. So they're, they're deciding to, Darren Furry's just getting into scrum after scrum after scrum after scrum. And Mike Keen was the guy who had to bail out all the time. So another scrum happens late in the game and the guys are there punching Darren Furry. He's swinging back and everything else. And Mike Keen's standing behind everybody. And apparently Mike Keen said something like, all right, you guys got 20 seconds and then I'm coming in. <laughs> and Theron Furry went, what did you just say? Well, Theo, so, if memory serves, not the biggest guy. He's like five, no, seven, five, tiny. seven on skates. Yeah. He's tiny. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, as you know, the Sharks are celebrating their 30th anniversary this season. I'm sure you've yeah. seen all, all the publicity for it. Uh, when we, we asked Randy about this uh, a week or so ago, but Give me one favorite moment from the first decade between 91 and 2000, and it can't be Jamie's game seven goal. Um, like whether, whether it's from coaching, broadcasting, just a moment that happened God, for I the had, Sharks. Boy, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> While George is sawing wood over there. <laughs> can you hear George? That's, right. that's, oh, right. that's yeah. George. That's George. Can you see him right there? Here's my oh, boy. Here's my boy. Where is he? He's sawing the wood. Hi, Georgie. <laughs> Georgie is sleeping. There's my guy. Love my guy. But yeah, it's a, honestly, AJ, every single night sleeps with me and snores like that, except louder. <laughs> he, sleeps, he snores like an 80 year old man, I'm telling oh. you. But love him to death. Um, oh, boy, there were a lot. I, I think the. Um, I'm going to say the first, the first year. At the no, tank no. or at the cow palace? At the tank. I'm right. sorry, at the cow palace. Oh, at the okay. cow palace. The first year um, 
our first win against Calgary was pretty cool. But that first year in its entirety, even though we weren't very good, I wouldn't want to go through that with anybody else but the people I went through it with. George Kingston, Bob Murdoch, George Kinnear were wonderful people. Tommy Woodcock, Bobby Crocker, just great. Um, Jack, Jack Farrar and Dean Lombardi. And Jack put up with so much mouthiness from this 29-year-old punk that I was. But the players like Doug Wilson and Dean Everson, Kelly Kissio, Jeff Hackett, Zets, Wilkie. I mean, just such a great group of guys. I, I wouldn't trade that year for anything. It was so fantastic. Patty Falloon, Ray Whitney. I mean, this so good. But as far as a highlight, it would be, um, I guess, making the playoffs. Like Bakes, Bakes' goal was big. It was obviously it was a huge goal. And, you know, making the playoffs. We made the playoffs by beating Los Angeles. That that we made we our our clinching game. We, we won in Los Angeles. Bakes got two goals, I think, in that game. As a matter of fact, um, that's a goal. Yeah, I looked. I think so. And I remember Buddy Geraci was was writing, you know, then, and it was in the LA Forum. We won the game, and I wasn't exactly the quietest assistant coach in the world. I stood up and went, "Fuck yes, <laughs> yes!" You know, I I had gone through two seasons of losing like that, <laughs> like losing all the time, and um, that was the that was like. We did it. We made it. We made the playoffs. Hold on, you you must have done something because all of a sudden you got a little muffled there for a minute. Sorry, I was going to say that we made the playoffs. You know, we 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 did it, and we had accomplished a, like a great thing. And it was a tough day. That day was a tough day because Mike Coleman, who we played for the Kansas City Blades, had passed away in a car accident that night, uh, the night before. And Kevin had coached him, and Wayne knew him, and Wayne Thomas knew him, and the guys and some of the guys that played for us knew him and they were, they were heavy. I mean, it was a heavy day and they still overcame and they still won that game. And I remember buddy Geraci quoting me in the San Jose Mercury news. <laughs> there was one assistant coach he said, and then he, you know, put the expletives up and then you, we made it. We did it. <laughs> so that was a kind of cool moment. We did that. Um, well, give me, give me your one for the second decade for 2001 to 2010. And I, and I have one written down. I don't know if you'll go to it or not. Joe Thornton. The acquisition, like the night you got him, November 30th? Joe Thornton. That's, I mean, 2005, we get him. We'd never beaten Buffalo in Buffalo. We beat them, what, 5 nothing that day? First <laughs> shift, he, I think he hit the post. Second shift, he feeds Cheech. Joe Thornton, MVP. Um, I thought you were going to go with Nabby scoring. Oh, God. <laughs> no, you know that's, I've, I've, have I told you that story? Which, oh, the, the, oh, the one where you like walked all over Randy's call. <laughs> oh my god, he still is mad about that to this day. Still. Oh, oh yeah, you said like every time you're together and they show that highlight, he just kind of gives you the side eye. This is the look. This is the look he gives you right here. Okay, you ready? It's like this. I guess you make sure. So he'll be going. He'll just look at this and go. <laughs> And then go back. He has never forgiven me for that. Because I, I was all over it. He's going for it. He's going for it. He's going for it. Oh, he's, he's got it. He's got it. Randy's like, shut up, man. I'm gonna, this is my, my Emmy moment right here. Uh, I screwed him. <laughs> all right. 2010 to 2020. And this is another one I got written down. Let's see if he goes for it. When did they fire me? Uh, sorry. Was when did they not? Sorry. When did they not renew my contract? I want to say that was the 15-16 season, or is it 14-15? 2014. 2014. Yeah, because it's 2014. Well, I didn't say you had to be here for it. I'm just (laughs) – no. And you can't take game seven against Vegas. Why? That's the easy out, and Randy already took it. Okay. Can I say the cup? Oh, 2016 cup run? Sure, absolutely. Making the cup run. Finally getting there. I was going to say uh, for you, I had it written down because you were there in the moment. I was like, hurdles, fourth goal. Oh, that's good. That's good. 
I'll tell you the story about that yeah, one. I just, I remember you're calling, you're like, are you kidding me? With yeah. <laughs> Kids second game. Are you for real with this? So that morning or third game, I think third game that yeah. morning, um, we are, you know, in the dressing room and everything else. And I, so Tomash walks by and Randy goes, Hey, is it Thomas or Tomash? And, and he goes, Tomash. And I'm sitting there and I went, I'll tell you what, kid, do something in the league first before you start telling us how you pronounce your name. Okay. <laughs> it was a joke, right? Four G's that day, right? Four goals that day. Next day I walked by, I went, Hey, Tomash, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah God. okay the, the the hurdle goal was just the way he the fourth goal per marty barone who's such a good broadcaster now in uh in buffalo but he retired marty that was the pre-retirement party right there right after that moving the the marty party went to where is it anaheim and then he was done so but what yeah. a goal and then oh. remember adam Oates? oh sure remember adam, i like adam oh yeah, the one who who who, who like dumped all over it a couple days yeah, later dumped all over from that move yeah like, disrespecting the league Exactly. He was coaching Washington at the time. I said, have you ever looked at Alexander Ovechkin when he scores? <laughs> you're supposed to be happy and you're supposed to score. So, yeah, I know, but that's don't do anything flamboyant or fun in the National Hockey League. But yeah, nothing to stand for. Hurdles, or... hurdles was good. But see, it's the great thing. You know, we had so many great memories. I mean, that's so much fun there. It's, 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 um, as you know, when that place is rocking. Oh, yeah. It, you know, it was fun when I was coaching that third year or our first year in the tank is um, I'll tell you two stories about that. So the first game, the big shark hit, okay, come down and we're the coaches we get introduced and Kevin Constantine was, you know, he was serious business. So we get introduced from standing there and the lights go down and the, the sharky, the shark head comes down and the guy starts skating out of it and Kevin looks at me and goes, that's the last freaking time they're doing this. I'll tell you right now. Went, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, they told us they're going to do it once and that's it. And we're not doing it again. That went, was the plan. All right. All right. Okay. And um, they come out of it and everything else. And, you know, we start that season 08 and one. So Kevin was a very superstitious guy. It's the freaking shark kid. Yeah. It might be the fact that we are sucking right now. Um, so after a while we start winning. And they're still coming out of shark head. And one day we're standing there and they come out of shark head. Ken looks at me and goes, yeah, that's pretty cool. Right. Yeah, I know. That's pretty cool. So <laughs> that stayed right here. But I would, uh, you know, he was doing videotape back then. So I would be upstairs. We had three or four v uh, VCRs going at the same time. So I'd start them just before I went upstairs and I'd have a stopwatch. So I'd be upstairs. I could look at the stopwatch and it'd be the same as the videotape downstairs as I'd mark it. So if we came down between the periods, we could see what we needed to see and when we needed to see it. So um, every time I, I start up, George, somebody's home. So stop, George, I'm talking to AJ. So, um, so every time I, I come out of the dressing room, start walking up the stairs and I, I'd walk all the way up to the top, but I get to the top of that first level. And that's always when, the, the, the announcer, I can't remember who he was, who was announcing back then, would announce Archer's Air Bay, starting in that, you know, Archer's Air Bay, and the place would just go wild. So, and um, that was always like a real cool, cool moment. I always, I always liked that. I was like walking, running up and going, I'm sorry, you called my son, my sons are home. Um, that every time that, that, that roar would go from the crowd, I always loved that. Who's that? Oh, that's uh, that's Chip. Hey, Chip. Chip. <laughs> What's up, buddy? That's nice. That's he, great. He knows he shouldn't be up here. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, they can be anywhere they want. They're cats. Cats well, have that, that they, fu they, attitude. I'll go yes. where I want when I want. As soon as you leave, you know that's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> I'm just saying. Go. Um, so We're finally, finally, let's uh, end on a uh, quick quiz, right? Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, by the, right. by the time Patrick Marlowe breaks Gordie Howe's record, how many styles of Sharks jerseys will he have worn? Eight. Okay. The correct answer is all of them. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, no. The, the answer is 11. Wow. Really? 
Yeah, you think about there's the first, you know, the the Cow yeah. Palace era, then the second generation that they did, then the next right. wave Reebok, the current Adidas, but then you've got three black jerseys that you have three to throw in jerseys. there. Then there's the Stadium Series, the oh, retro, I forgot the Stadium Series. Right, the retro yeah. re retro reverse and two heritage jerseys. Wow, <laughs> eleven jerseys. <laughs> Punk was 17 years old when he came back from National Hockey League, man. Come on. Wow. Uh, more favorite show to do, Drew's Clues or Shark's Late Night Confidential? Drew's Clues, because it featured me more than Randy and Brody. <laughs> more Six. fun to hang out with on a road trip, Ruzi or Han? Han. Love Danny, <laughs> but no. First off, if you ask those guys, I'm a ghost on the road. Absolute ghost. I'm a Randy used to say he's a rumor on the road for Drew. <laughs> I, I get to the hotel. I go for my walk. I go for, I go for my workout. Um, I've got two places that I eat. That's Panda Express and Chipotle. That's it. And then go find my Pepsis. And then, you know, a lot of times I watch video with the coaches in the hotel too, but, but Randy, Randy's a, Randy's a fun guy, man. What can I tell you? Does pineapple belong on a pizza? Fuck. No. Thank you. No, my God, no. No. <laughs> true, true or false, you have ironed money. True. 100% true. <laughs> Can't do it in Canada anymore because the money's plastic now. It's, it's, it's like, where's the money here? Just, I don't even have any. I have, I've been unemployed for 10 months. I don't, here, here it is. Okay. So here's, here's the Canadian money right here. Yeah. Right. It's plastic. American money's way better because you can, it, it, you can iron it and, Hundred percent true. No, Brody. Hundred percent true. I was talking to Brody a couple of weeks ago, and he said, "I kid you not, I've seen the guy iron money." I'm, Get the I've fuck iron, out honestly, of here. AJ, iron everything. Yeah, no. I, I take I take my iron on the road with me. Are you ironing I shoes? I did iron a pair of shoes. <laughs> it's not a lie, because they were getting wrinkled on top, and I didn't like it, and so I, I contrived a way to to press the shoes. That's not a lie. The only thing I haven't ironed is my my face, but there's a lot of times I think about it. Just, <laughs> just put it on low, you know, maybe put a, a towel there and then just iron the hell out of that crease right there. <laughs> well, with Marlo on, you know, set to break Howe's record this season, um, like what's a what's a good moment for you that you just kind of like always think about like, whether it was coming through in the clutch against Detroit in the playoffs and he's, you know, he's got like a bloody, you know, he's bleeding yeah. on his face or just any of the number of times. Cause the guy, the guy has gotten a rap for being inconsistent throughout yeah. a lot of his career. You know, a lot of people dumped on him for a long time. Look at his numbers. You know, right. the fire doesn't, the fire burns pretty hot down below that surface. I'll tell you that right now. Um, you know, this is a personal one for me with Patty because he's a great guy from Saskatchewan. Um, he was in his rookie year and we were doing the broadcasting. Remember, we used to broadcast down low in that position. Yeah, okay? like uh, what in was the it, 115 yeah. or 215 front row. Great broadcast location. And this may have been the last time that Patty sat out in a game, but he was sitting up in the press box and during the game, I'm standing there and we're, you know, we're, we're, we're sitting there with Danny and we're broadcasting the game. All of a sudden I'm feeling like, why am I hot? And why am I feeling like there's a lot of light on me? Patty was up in the roost, shone the spotlight on me. <laughs> like Patty Marlowe was like, Mr. Serious, right? Mr. I mean, the guy is a total pro. He's shining the spotlight on me. I turn to look up and he's, Hey, <laughs> Hey, I'm up here. It's like, man, come on, stop doing that. And so that's, I, that's a personal moment for me. It's just kind of like Patty's fun side. Um, but for me, I think against Detroit that he was, man, he was Patty Marble back then. I, there's so many great memories of Patty. You know, what was it? 856 straight game yesterday. And he's, he's going to be 1700, but Patty to me is just the total, total pro. So I just, I love the kid and, and I was not a kid anymore, but for, for me, I think that against Detroit in the playoffs, when Patty just kind of went, all right, here, everybody, this is what I can do. 
So are you saying for two years he also made you a fucking Maple Leaf fan? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. You know what? I said to him, he, he comes to uh, comes to Edmonton and he's standing out as I'm walking back to my apartment downtown. He's out in the corner. And I, I, I run into him and say, hey, how you doing? He's standing with Marner and Matthews. Okay. And I looked at him and I said, you know what? I've seen more articles about you in the four months you've been a Maple Leaf than I did in the 15 years that you were a freaking San Jose shark. He goes, I know. He said, isn't it crazy? And then as he's standing there, two kids come up and get Marner's and, and Matthew's autograph. So when he, I, I looked at him, I looked at him and said, I know who you are. And Patty goes, it's great. Happens all the time now. I don't have to worry about anything. So, because I'm like their big brother. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, look, hey, as always, thank you so much for the time, Drew. And we, uh, you know, I have it written down. Usually when we when we sign off with somebody, yeah. it's like, hey, you can find this person here that just to let you know, you cannot find Drew Remenda on social media. So stop looking. There are people in the witness protection program that have a higher <laughs> profile on social media than Drew Remenda. It's poison. Stay away from social media. It's poison. Poison's fine if you leave it alone. But as soon as you ingest it, you become sick and infected. Social media is poison. Phone somebody and talk to them. Yeah, right? Like right here. Yes, absolutely. In <laughs> fact, if you, if you live in Germany and you know somebody who's unemployed, give them a phone call. <laughs> give them a call. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks again, Drew. Hey, buddy. Good talking to you, man. Good seeing you. <laughs> you got it, man. Take it easy. Hey, how do I turn this thing off now? <laughs>